Welcome to the Ask an Expert podcast, hosted by Joshua Carlson, co-founder of the award-winning direct marketing agency, Propello Media. Ask an Expert is a show of candid conversations with proven business and thought leaders, talking about real problems, and more importantly, about real solutions you can use to benefit your own business. We hope you enjoy the honest and organic nature of each guest's conversation. So let's jump right in. Imagine running a nonprofit that caters to the senior population right now. Hi, I'm Joshua Carlson, co-founder of Propello Media. In today's Ask an Expert segment, I'm going to be sitting down with Caitlin Sly. She's the executive director of Meals on Wheels Diablo region. Because COVID-19 is especially dangerous to the senior population, they've actually seen a 40% increase in demand. And so what they've had to do is adapt quickly to be able to follow proper safety precautions, but still be able to respond and service that increased demand. Now let's get started and see what she has to say. All right, Caitlin, welcome and thank you for coming on our Ask an Expert segment. Thank you for having me. Perfect. So the first thing that I want to do is as, um, as the leader for Meals on Wheels Diablo region, um, a nonprofit, I would like to just get a, a general sense of what these past few months have been like for, um, for you individually as well as organizationally. They have been pretty wild. <laughs> um, I started in January. So I started at the end of January as a, as the new executive director here. Um, and so I definitely did not see my first five months going the way they have. Uh, sure. What I thought my challenges would be and what they've become um, are two very different things. Right. So for me, it's been, you know, in a weird way, a great learning experience because mm-hmm. everything I thought I was preparing for has kind of gone out the window. So I've really had to, you know, it's been a lesson for me in having to pivot quickly and change plans and, and really rethink all of our programs um, before I really even got to know all of our programs. So, so it's, it's been challenging, but a really great learning experience for me as an organization. It has been very challenging in that we've had to quickly ramp up services and change the way we're doing other services. So, you know, Meals on Wheels, everybody knows our our core program is home delivered meals to homebound seniors. And because of COVID, we've seen that need increase because not only do we have the seniors that we were serving that are already homebound, but we have a large amount of people that were homebound because of COVID. Right. Um, And so our meal delivery increased by more than 40% in a matter of a couple months. So it was very challenging for our organization to ramp up quickly, but we have a great staff, a great group of volunteers that really support us. And so we were able to do that pretty quickly. So you mentioned pivot, which is a buzzword that's going around right now. Um, And it's an important buzzword because, you know, I think virtually every organization has had to pivot in some capacity. Um, Aside, you know, obviously a 40% increase is huge. Um, What are the pivots, you know, aside from having a great team, um, which is fantastic, how how do you do this? I mean, how does that actually happen, you know, effectively overnight, right? I mean, because it happens so quickly. 
Yeah, you you really we had to have a ton of quick conversations, um, myself and our various program managers getting together and figuring out, okay, so given the new county health order, how are we going to change things to meet the requirements? We were also thinking about it, you know, early in February as we okay. saw it coming and ramping up of, okay, well, if this happens, how will we change services? So a couple of things that we had to do um, is typically we deliver a meal every day and we really needed to reduce that contact between volunteers and clients. So we went to once a week delivery of a week's worth of frozen meals to help reduce that. that obviously means that there's a lot more meals and it's difficult to fit in, you know, our, our volunteers, personal cars. So we were able to partner with the local bus company and um, they obviously were not running as many buses. And so their drivers were able to drive buses to help deliver meals. So some really great partnerships um, resulted because of this. We also, we had to change the way we were doing our um, in-person exercise classes. You know, we couldn't do those anymore. And now we're trying to figure out how do we do those on Zoom um, when they're for seniors who may not be as used to using Zoom as you and I are. So we were having to kind of rethink every single program. And so it's just, it's led to a lot of quick conversations, decisions made on the fly, you know, trying to incorporate as many people's opinions and feedback as possible, but ultimately, you know, you have to move quickly. Sure. Well, given that you guys do um, service, you know, the uh, population that is older, which is higher risk, um, you know, we've we've been looking at forecasting and a lot of businesses are looking at forecasting, but the reality is this virus is not going anywhere soon, right? Um, so do you feel like some of the things you're doing are intermediate as far as how you've transitioned? Or do you think that there will be long-term changes that you guys will implement and adopt as, hey, this is just the standard way that we do things moving forward? I think there are going to be some long-term changes. I don't know if they will be forever, mm-hmm. but I think some of the changes we've made certainly are going to have to be remain until we have a vaccine. So I think it's going to be a long time before we're able to have in-person exercise classes of, you know, 15 to 20 seniors in one room. I think it's going to be a while before we're able to do in-person fall prevention classes and balance classes. Um, So I think, you know, doing things over the internet, doing things over Zoom, those are going to have to be more long-term solutions because we're just, we're we're not going to be able to have people come together and congregate in a senior center um, for, I think, a very long time. Another one of our programs is that we, we have, we run six cafes throughout Contra Costa County. Okay. you know, that's where 
seniors come and they sit down for a meal. And so that's probably not going to happen again for a while. Right now, all those folks are, are getting home delivered meals. Okay. And I think, you know, we, we may be able to reopen with very few people coming in and, and having them sit very far apart. Um, but how many people will want to come in and, and do that when so much of, of what they come to the cafe for is the social interaction. So I, I think for us, it's rethinking how we're able to provide services. Mm-hmm. Um, and really so much of what we do is combat social isolation among seniors, which was a problem before COVID and is even a bigger problem now. That was going to be my next question was talking yeah. about mental health, mental wellness. How are, how are you guys? I mean, what are you seeing and how are you addressing it? We're definitely seeing that people are more lonely okay. and more isolated than ever before. And that's why we really we're lucky that we have a care management team, which mm-hmm. do one-on-one case management. They help people that are struggling with, housing issues, depression, elder abuse, all of those kinds of other issues that can prevent somebody from from being independent and healthy. And we are seeing a lot more people struggle with anxiety, depression, um, and really lacking that social connectedness that I think we're all kind of lacking right now. (laughs) But especially when you're a senior, um, that's even harder. And, and I think a big reason for that is we're really seeing the digital divide um, yeah. between those of us that are on the younger side and seniors, and then also those of us that live more comfortably and those that are low income. Mm-hmm. Um, and so that's why we've really been thinking about how can we connect people we serve, low-income seniors, better to technology so that they can not only, you know, participate in some of our programs, but have that social interaction with their family or their friends. Okay. Um, Well, good for you guys, because it obviously is a bigger challenge. Um, Different organizations face different challenges, and certainly you guys have some some larger ones, but it sounds like you're doing some great things to to get in front of that. Obviously, right now, Black Lives Matter is a huge social social movement. Um, and I'm curious from a nonprofit standpoint, when there is an issue like this that emerges to the forefront of society, um, is there, a, you know, there's this, um, this phrase that, you know, rising tide lifts all boats. Do you find that as a nonprofit when, you know, there is this issue that's not related to, to the causes that you guys are working on directly? Do you find a benefit, you know, of social awareness um, as a nonprofit? Hmm. I mean, I, I think there's, there's something to that. There, there is a, certainly a benefit when people are more socially aware. Um, I hadn't really thought about that so much as, thinking that nonprofit, you know, my main takeaway is that nonprofits are not immune to the issues that of racial and systemic inequality that other companies face. Sure. Um, just because we do good 
doesn't mean that we are exempt from right. any of the criticisms of the rest of society. And so I think it's really, you know, what it's brought up for myself and my staff is it's really important for us to do that work too. Um, and when I first came on board in January, that was, that was already something that we had been talking about and something that was one of my priorities as a new executive director to bring conversations of diversity and equity into our, into our organization. Um, and then COVID kind of <laughs> drew our attention away. So I'm, I'm certainly glad that the Black Lives Matter movement is at the forefront again and is pushing us all to have those conversations and to not let COVID distract from the really important issues. Not that COVID isn't important, sure. but the other important issues that, that we need to tackle. So, and I, and, you know, I say that uh, as a white woman <laughs> being very conscious of that. Yep. Um, and so what, what we're at Meals on Wheels Diablo region, we have a diversity, equity, and inclusion committee. Um, we have our first lecture series today, actually, okay. uh, in a couple hours. Cool. And so we're really, you know, committed to maintaining that work and making sure it's not just a flash in the pan, that it has to be sustained and ongoing. Well, I'm glad you brought it up because it is a, it's an interesting perspective where you started in that, you know, we are a nonprofit, but it doesn't mean that we're immune to it. So, um, and I, I applaud you guys for proactively, um, you know, putting initiatives in place um, so that it's not just a, a flash in the pan. Um, the, the origin of my question um, leads to kind of the second thing, which is I know from, you know, nonprofit standpoint, um, seasonally, there's a couple of big times of the year from a donation standpoint. Um, and I know spring is one of those seasons, um, which just happened to coincide um, with everything that went sideways with, with COVID and then the immediate economic what have you seen from donations and donors coming? Um, are you seeing up, down, the same? Um, you know, is there qualitative data that goes along with that? We we're very lucky. I think Contra Costa is a very giving community, so and very concerned about their fellow neighbors. Sure. So we we have we did see a great outpouring of support during the spring. Um, I think we're a little concerned that at whether that will sustain and whether it will keep up with the need because, you know, we know that the seniors are probably going to be the last group that will feel comfortable re-entering sure. society um, as they should be, be wary. Yeah. And so we see that there's, that this uptick we've seen is not going to just go down overnight. Um, and, and so there is some concern of will the donations and the community continue to give at the rate that we're seeing the need increase. And, and so that remains to be seen. But we are very lucky that our spring campaign did very well. Okay. And um, we, we hope that the, com the community continues to support us. Okay. Well, that's a great takeaway. And I would love to reiterate it because to your point, the senior population will be the last ones that are comfortable, that are, you know, able to feel safe coming out. And so 
the duration for the impact is much longer for them. So um, definitely want to echo, please support um, and be conscious of that. Um, we talked about video earlier, technical limitations. Um, and so I'm glad you guys are trying to, you know, to, to help that because it definitely is something that, um, you know, can be an issue. Um, I found that video is, is one of the most dynamic channels that we have available. Um, and obviously, we've all been thrust into it, both personally and professionally, like overnight, where it's been around and everybody's been talking about video, but people were very slow to adopt it. You know, I think there was apprehension. Um, maybe I'm a little nervous to see my face, to hear my voice, um, you know, but, but this is my face and this is my voice. And I feel like because we've had to use it for so long, we're kind of past that. Um, so I'm kind of, I'm, I'm curious to look at how businesses are thinking about leveraging video moving forward, right? Post pandemic. How do we, how do we use this? Are you guys having discussions about how you can use video, not necessarily to interact with your customers, but maybe just to share messages or to get out into um, your community and, and share stories of, um, of, of giving? It definitely has been something that we were talking about before COVID was wanting to do more video. Um, you know, we, we've been ever since last fall trying to step up our social media game and get more um, content, more videos, more dynamic content sure. um, because we have a lot of pictures, but you know, there's something about hearing somebody's voice and seeing them actually speak that I think is um, more more dynamic and more um, pulls on your heartstrings a little bit more. So we're we're definitely trying to do more of that. It's been hard because we want to get out there and take videos, but we're also careful to to not put our our donors and our clients and our staff at risk. So. Yeah. That's been a little bit difficult, but it's definitely something that we want to do more of in the future and, and leverage more of video. Okay. Well, I'm glad to hear that because one of the things that the secondary byproduct also is that I think that we've realized that it doesn't have to be high production, right? It can be as simple as a laptop or, a, you know, a camera phone um, that you can do something that's meaningful because at the end of the day, it's, it is that human connection that really resonates. Um, a lot of attention this past um, month or so around college graduates. Um, it's been, you know, it certainly would be a very peculiar time to graduate. Um, so I'd like to go back in time a little bit. Um, early on, um, for you, you were, um, you spent some time in Mexico as um, a instructor, teacher of English as a, as a foreign language. Um, I'd like to talk about that experience um, from twofold. Um, just being in a different um, culture um, is one aspect. Um, and then just what that experience was um, and how you think that has helped shape your career to where you are now? Well, I loved teaching in Mexico. It was one of the best experiences of my life. Um, it was really, really fun and really rewarding. And I met a lot of amazing people. Um, I think it, it definitely shaped, you know, where I am today, just in, I mean, I've always loved traveling mm -hmm. internationally. I've always loved experiencing other cultures. Um, but I think it, it definitely 
traveling to different countries and different places, it gives you a unique perspective on what you have and what you have to be grateful for. Um, And I think for me, I always, you know, I knew that I wanted to go into nonprofit work because I knew that giving back was something that was very important to me. And if I was, if I was going to spend eight hours a day, every day, um, you know, some of it had to be giving back to my community. And I've always felt very lucky to have grown up in the Bay area and born to middle-class parents who were able to provide. Um, and I know that not everybody is so lucky. So I think that, um, you know, I, I kind of knew that before living in Mexico, but you definitely see it, it's different living in another country than vacationing there. Um, right. It definitely was not at a resort. Um, and so you, just meeting people from different backgrounds that don't necessarily have everything that you have makes you realize how important it is to give back and, and really how lucky you are. Cause I think sometimes we, we tend to forget that um, you can, you can tend to just go day by day and take it for granted a little bit. So I think it's important to remember that. Well, well said. And thank you. Obviously it's a, it's a great thing to do. So I'm um, certainly encourage more, um, more college kids to, to think about it. So yeah, um, it a great way for me Um, You know, I studied abroad in Madrid when I was in college, and it was a great way after college to be able to travel, but be able to afford to travel for that long by actually having a job. Um, It was a really great way to kind of not enter the, the daily grind here in the Bay Area too quickly and to kind of get out of my comfort zone for a year. I would recommend it to, to anybody graduating right now. I second that uh, recommendation. Um, next question is around mental health. We talked about it a little bit earlier as it pertains to kind of your customers, right? The, the people that you serve. Um, how do you as a leader, um, you know, what have you done um, to, to kind of make sure you stay balanced? Um, and, and how do you guys help the team um, to do that? Um, it looks like you are, is this home office or is this uh, office office? This is office office. Okay. Yeah, so we're, 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 we've always been an essential business. Okay. So although most of us are not in the office, uh, we do have a bit of a skeleton crew that's here, you know, making sure the meals get out. Okay. So ask them to be here. I should probably be here too. Without question. Best leadership is definitely led by leaders. Um, but how have you guys, how, how have you approached that? Because I know that it, it has been a challenging time um, because it's been complete disruption. Um, how do you just stay balanced? It has been challenging. I think for me, it's, it, for me, it's been critically important to get outdoors Um, because I am working long hours and I am working longer hours than normal. Um, and so getting out of four walls is, is really important. And it's one of the things that you can actually do during COVID times. Um, so getting out hiking, um, you know, doing that kind of stuff is, you know, physical activity I think is really, really important to keep that mind balance. 
Um, and then, you know, I think keeping up with people socially as we may not be able to get together with all of our friends as much as we're used to, but, you know, doing FaceTime or Zoom with your friends and, and your faraway family, um, that's been helping to keep me balanced as well. Good. Well, I'm a big outdoor enthusiast, so that definitely was my go-to through this um, because I think just fresh air, honestly, is is just good for the soul kind of thing. So, 100%. Um, is there anything else you think is important right now, either that something that you guys are doing that is of interest or just anything you think would be helpful to other businesses that are struggling? I think, I mean, I think it's in a weird way, COVID has brought a awareness to everyone of the issues seniors face. And I think that's something that we are grateful for um, because it's at least one of the reasons why I wanted to come to Meals on Wheels, the Avila region is because I really felt like people too often forget about seniors and these are people that have worked their whole lives to give us what we have today. And the fact that we don't always treat them with the dignity and respect that they deserve um, is, is sad to me. And so I think, you know, that's one thing that I wanted to, to tackle coming here at Meals on Wheels Diablo region. And I think in, like I said, in a weird kind of way, people are more aware to the, you know, acutely aware of the issues seniors face because COVID is, you know, they're one of the most high risk groups for COVID. And so if anything, I hope that's what comes out of this is that people remember that, that seniors are somebody that we, you know, we all owe a, a great deal of gratitude to, and, and we need to make sure that they're cared for um, as, as we care for one another. Couldn't agree anymore. Um, so thank you for the work that you're doing um, for your community. Um, wish you guys nothing but the best. Um, and hopefully um, would love to have you back again next year um, to just see how how this community support is maintaining um, as we get back to whatever normal used to be or what it's going yeah. to be. So. Yeah. Well, thank you so much for having me. I really appreciate it. It's been great talking to you. Thanks, Caitlin. Hi, it's your host, Joshua Carlson, and I wanted to thank you for listening to today's show. This is the point where most shows ask you for a five-star review, but we're not doing this for the accolades. Don't get me wrong, seeing five stars feels great, but our goal here is to provide real content from real experts that can meaningfully propel you and your business forward. So if there's something we fell short on, a question we missed, or if you just have any constructive feedback, go ahead and leave a review with your thoughts. We also enjoy hearing directly from our listeners, so look for our contact info via the show notes so we can connect one-on-one. We really do love the feedback so we can continue to improve and propel the show forward for you and all of our listeners.